have fun with that, I suppose, throughout the day. Um, we're also going to be doing a, a groundbreaking ceremony today, so I don't know if you knew that or not, but we are going to spend some time here, and uh, we're going to plan on leaving no later than 11.30, so uh, at least on my watch. My watch may or may not be in line with your watch, so we'll see. But uh, we're going to share some things here, and maybe we'll get out of here sooner, but we're going to relocate over to the warehouse there, and we have a, a time of uh, not necessarily groundbreaking, since we're not building from scratch. It's going to be kind of like uh, gravel shoveling, I think, what it might be there. So we've got some things set up to have a little ceremony over there to pray and sing a song as well. So it should be a good time. And, and for the next three weeks, starting this week, we're going to share some things just as pastors related to the vision of our church, where we believe God wants to take us and things that He has for us. And, you know, a lot of them come from a pastor's conference that we went to just several weeks ago. It was just looking at 40 years of our association of, of churches, of God's movement of God's spirit in our churches. And uh, we, we just had some things there that we compared notes to things we learned there, things we wanted to see happen in our church. And I think over the next three weeks, to myself and then Brad and Jeff, we're just going to be sharing, kind of painting a picture uh, of what we think God wants to do with us. Um, and, you know, maybe remind, being reminded of some things God has done with us already and, and where He might want to go and take us. So, anyways, we're going to combine that all in the next half hour here. So, um, and we prayed and committed our time here, but let's see here. We're going to start with um, this verse here. Right here is. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yes, that's this is that's actually those are Chinese characters. So this is going to be a, we're getting ready for our trip to Asia here. So what that says is um, no, just show you. Um, it's actually supposed to be Joshua four eight. So I'm just going to read a little from Joshua. Actually, if you have a house Bible, you can turn there with me. And let's see, Joshua. I said four eight. I'm actually thinking it's three eight. Joshua three eight. It's page 210 in your house Bible. And is, um, I'll let you guys look at that and see, and we'll, I'll just keep going here. Um, in some ways, I think we're at a place in, uh, that reminded me of this scenario that Joshua was facing. Um, you know, think about Moses when he was led out of Egypt, leading the people, and he came to the Red Sea, and, you know, he had enemies behind him, a Red Sea before him. And then God parted the seas, you know? And to me, I feel like that was fairly obvious what you should do. When you got an enemy behind you, a sea that's been parted in front of you, you go through the sea, right? That's a no-brainer. And, and they went through, and, um, you know, the, the wall collapsed on the enemy behind them. But the scenario that Joshua had was a little different. He had a little different instructions than Moses did. And his instructions were, um, you know, starting in uh, around verse 8 here, he, was saying, he said, um, Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's rivers, go and stand in the river. And so then Joshua went on to explain this to people, but um, down in verse 13 it says, As soon as the priests who carry the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. So they went on and did this. But this scenario, I think, would have taken a little more faith than seeing an ocean, a sea, park before you. You walk through it. It's, you know, maybe it's faith that it's not going to collapse or all these different things. But to me, to walk in a river that has not yet stopped flowing, 
would be a little more, I don't know, maybe a little more faith required, at least for me it would. But in some ways I feel like that's where God has us as a church. We have some things that God has been leading us into, and I think He wants us to step into the water and then watch things part. And, you know, some of the ways that's playing out is that we are real close to signing a, a contract with a general contractor who's going to, uh, you know, do the things required by the city to get the project through and done and uh, certified and all that stuff. We haven't signed the official contract with them yet. We also haven't signed the official lease agreement with uh, the landlord here. We've got it. We've been fine-tuning it. We've been working through it. We're planning on having a signing party at our next pastor's meeting here on Tuesday where we just sign some things, get them uh, notarized and things like that. But in some ways, to, to do this ceremony on Sunday when we're not yet signing these things, I feel like in some ways it's stepping in the water. Um, you know, if we step in the water and the river doesn't part, we could get embarrassed and things like that. You know, maybe something could happen. But by faith, we're stepping forward. We're going to have a groundbreaking ceremony today. And, you know, I think God is going to continue to have us take steps of faith here. And and so, you know, there's a few notes I put related to that verses. God wants us to take steps of faith to begin the work of renovating the warehouse. It's steps of faith all over the place. In the contract sign, some of you are looking at your team and what your team has to accomplish with the budget you've been given. That's a huge step of faith right there. Um, all the hard work that's going to have to go into this while doing everything else that's going on in your life, there's a step of faith to begin this great work. Another step of faith we're going to be taking is um, just really as we go through renovating this warehouse, we're really looking to relaunch the church. You know, we've been planted here this summer, uh, six years ago, this summer, a team of people came down from Fort Collins. Some were just summer students that came down to explore the land, do reconnaissance, share the gospel, and many of the team went back, and later on that fall, uh, August, we started up our first church service. August 2004, had 18 people meeting in our living room there at Commons Park West. And God has taken us all over the place and grown us since then. He's added some pastors. He sent a team out to Manhattan and, and all sorts of things. But, um, you know, I think we're, we're looking at relaunching the church as in just kind of repackaging. We're going to do a grand opening. We're going to get back to the whole reason we came here in the first place, which is to get the gospel out into this neighborhood, into this campus, into this city, and then keep keep going from there. You know, um, we're going to talk about that a little more in a second, but Denver is not our final destination. You know, we, we didn't plan to come here and stay put. Ultimately, our final destination, most of you know, is, is heaven. And we're pressing on to heaven, you know. And um, But we're in Denver uh, getting the job done now. So anyway, some steps of faith are going to be required. Um, the next thing I was going to talk about here is um, how are we doing? I have anything? All right. Next one. There we go. A few odds and ends. All right. There we go. And... You might remember we did a series this past, this starting at Christmas, just talking about the the purpose of our church, and we talked in, in more broad strokes. Ultimately, our purpose is to um, bring glory to God. You know, everything comes from God alone. Everything lives by His power, and everything that exists in the universe is for His glory. And we we've talked about how we want to bring great glory to God by obeying the great commandments and the great commission. And and that's you know if we were going to paint a picture of where God wants to take us. We'd start with a canvas. The canvas would probably be this idea right here. Here's the canvas. We want to bring great glory to God through the great commandment and the great commission. Um, we've talked about how the great commandment was uh, 
You know, it's reflected in Matthew 22, 37, where Jesus was asked, what's the greatest thing that's ever been given in the law? And Jesus said, it's this, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Luke includes also with all your strength. And so that's, that's the greatest commandment. That's what we're trying to accomplish, each one of us, but together as a church as well. So um, love, love God with, with all you've got. Love God above all. Jesus talks about how our love for God is orders of magnitude beyond our love for anything or anyone else. Um, love God with all you Again, we talked about how loving God with all your heart means what? Loving God... Passionately, I heard it. We're going to review. Loving God with all your heart is loving God passionately with all your heart. Loving God with all your soul means what? Loving Him personally. Your soul is you. It's your eternal you. It's that which is going to live on when your body does not. Loving Him personally with your soul. Loving Him with all your mind means loving God Thoughtfully, yeah, that really, really burned that on your heart when I did that last time. We <laughs> really carved that in there. This is something we got to keep thinking about. We're trying to love God passionately. We love God personally. Love God thoughtfully. And with your strength is love God mightily or powerfully. With all the effort you've got, give that to loving God. And, and so what, some of the ways we're going to use this... Um, warehouse to do that is it's going to be a place of prayer you know when it relates to loving God together corporately you know one of the reasons we use the firehouse the house part of it was the idea that Jesus said my house will be a house of prayer for all nations and we want to make this house a house of prayer where we can come together and pray a house of worship a place where we will come together to worship God together um, it will be a gathering place you know I like how uh, in Acts one of the things you see in Acts is different than what we have is they would go to the temple it says they, they met together daily in the temple and from house to house they broke bread and sometimes we can do one or the other. Someone can have a gigantic church and life exists only in that building. Um, and they don't do things house to house. Other times it'd be, we do things house to house. But the first disciples had both. They had a temple and they had house to house. The strange thing to think about is the temple where they met at daily was a Christian temple, the first Christian temple ever. No, they met in the Jewish temple. I don't know how that worked, but it sounds to me like they took it over and they're like, hey, prayer at the temple. You know, they prayed at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. You see throughout the book of Acts they came to the temple to pray to do things publicly and then they did things from house to house and in some ways uh, I think the hope is that God would use this warehouse as a place we can gather publicly where we can have a, a culture of people coming together maybe to pray together maybe to hang out in the cafe um, you know I love how Greg helped design a cafe up in Fort Collins but it was called the gathering place same idea but the Lord willing we're going to use this building for, for meeting together for worshiping the Lord together a lot like the temple was used uh, back in the first church. Another thing we remember about loving God is Jesus said, hey look, if you love me, you'll obey me. He who loves me is the one who has my commands and obeys them. And, you know, a couple thoughts on that. The next one. Um, one of the first ways you can show your love to God if you haven't taken this step yet, sometimes people say, I love God, I love God. Well, you know one of the first things you can do to obey God is to believe that Jesus died for you. Jesus' first public message that he gave recorded in Gospel of Mark 115 here, he said the kingdom of heaven is near. Repent. Have a change of heart. Believe the good news. You want to start obeying God first things first? Get his son in your life as your savior. 
Turn from your way, turn over to His way, and believe the good news about Jesus dying on the cross for you. That's the very first thing you can do to show love to God. After that, you know, there's other things, but one of them is the final set of commands that Jesus gave, the only set of commands He gave after the resurrection was the Great Commission. And so we're all about bringing glory to God through the Great Commandment, the Great Commission. Let's look at the next slide here. We're doing time-wise. Um, the Great Commission has a, a number of different verses to it that we'll look at. This one here, we covered this in our series a while back as well. He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. It's a, a mission to reach the world. Another one here, Paul writes... I love this as well. Though I am free and belong to no man, I make myself a slave to everyone so I can please them and make them happy. No. To win as many to Christ as possible. He made himself a slave to everyone so that he could communicate the gospel and win a person to Christ. He didn't just stop with, hey, I shared the gospel with them, I'm out of here. There's times he did that. But he worked. He went out of his way to win someone to Christ. Not just to discharge his duty of getting the message out. He won people to Christ. That's uh, the Great Commission. You know, there's three steps we're going to be doing as a firehouse to accomplish the Great Commission. The first one is win the lost. We're going to be all about winning the lost here. We're going to use this facility as best we can to win the lost, to equip people to go out and win the lost, to invite people in for things that meet their needs to win the lost. And we're going to just refocus on that. I think sometimes people have asked them, you know, they'll ask me, maybe they've asked you before, but, you know, the obvious question is, uh, so why are you called the Firehouse Church? You know, and, and we take a look around at our, you know, our hotel, or we look around at the old church building we used to be at, and, um, you know, sometimes I, I, I quickly say, well, because we, when we came to town, we really wanted to meet in a firehouse, and it didn't happen, but we stuck with the name. You know, I feel like God's been reminding me, you know, the reason we're called the Firehouse Church is not because of where we meet. It's not because we're going to try to make the warehouse maybe look firehousey or whatever. It's because God has given His church a mission, and that mission is a rescue mission. And, you know, you think of fire stations and things like that, a lot of what they do is they, they meet there, they live there, they're equipped there to go out and rescue people of different sorts, you know, from floods, from fires, from whatever it is. And I remember years back on the news I heard a story of a fireman here in Denver that uh, there was flooding going on in a certain neighborhood and a lady was stranded and several firemen went to extend a, a rope, a rescue line to her. And along the way, one of the firemen, as he gave her the rope, he slipped, he fell, he got washed away, he drowned. And he gave his life to rescue another person. And to me, that encapsulates a, a picture of what it is to be a disciple. Disciples. If you're a disciple of Jesus, you are to be on a rescue mission. Laying your lives down for others. And, and we've got to catch that. We're the firehouse church because we're on a mission to save others. You know, I think of this verse, one of the verses that, you know, drew, drove this idea of the name back when I was praying about it, back when I was working with Rick Whitney on this, was this verse. Verse in Jude. It says this in Jude, uh, the first chapter of Jude, the only chapter of Jude, verse 23. It says, Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Men and women, we're on a rescue mission. And if you're at the Firehouse Church and you haven't figured out that there's a rescue mission going on, something's got to change. We're on a rescue mission. We're going to use this building as a part of the rescue mission. If you're looking for something else, you might have to, you know, figure out how, how that's going to work. But we are here to see others rescued. Um, one of the things I just want to share along that line is that um, 
you know, it's, it's kind of like I was thinking of a little analogy. It's like imagine that you are on this gigantic cruise ship. Um, you know, it's a, a huge cruise liner that has thousands and thousands of people and many levels on it. And um, you're part of the, the crew. Maybe you're like an engineer helping in the engine room or something. But for some reason, an explosion happens on this gigantic ship. Down near your part of the, the ship. And the, the explosion does two things. It creates a hole in the ship that is starting to sink. Yet at the same time, it ignites a fire that's spreading throughout the ship. It does three things. It also knocks out the communication system that you would like call in and say, hey, it's on fire down here. Um, and so you're aware of this. It's starting to sink. It's taking on water, but it's also burning through the upper, you know, starting to burn up throughout the ship. And you're trying to go, what do I do, what do I do? And you just start going to the different levels and start telling people that there was an explosion. I don't know if you felt that, you know, bump or whatever, but the ship is sinking. It's on fire. you got to get to safety. And we run through the different levels, and some are cabins, and you try to knock on doors. Some are ballrooms. You go in, and people are partying and, you know, having a crazy time playing the casino night or whatever going on. There's multiple levels all over the place. But, you know, in some ways I, I feel like we need to catch that idea of the ship. You know, you might say the ship is called planet Earth. Men and women, this ship is sinking. It's going down. It's not going to make it to shore. The only thing that will be saved from this ship are the souls of men and women. What are you giving your life to? You're trying to save some little hallway on your ship? Are you stuck in the casino going, Man, this is fun. Why was I here? Free drinks. Awesome. What are you doing on this ship? This ship is going down. And the flames are coming in a very real way, in a very eternal way. And God has placed us here to get the word out. And the ship might represent the whole planet, the levels, maybe different states, different countries, different parts of the world. And we got to get the word out before it goes down, men and women. It's a rescue mission, and are you on it? Or have you got mesmerized by one of the levels that you, you stopped in on? One of your favorite? Maybe there's a room designed. Each each ship has a. I mean, each room there's a, a place maybe that has everything you love in life on this planet is there. And you come to that room and you go, "Wow, I, I could spend a long time here." And sometimes we get phased. You know, we get numb and go, "Oh yeah, wait, wait, I'm on a mission." This ship's going down. People are only things that will make it out of here. I'm all for trying to help the planet out. We recycle. Our neighbors are impressed at how much we recycle. And my, my friend across the alley said, Boy, you guys are just leaving such a small carbon footprint here. We're like, Great, we, we recycle. I don't know. We try to fill that recycle bin up. But this planet is going down. And we can do our best to be stewards of it. But if you somehow think that being green is the biggest mission in your world, you're missing it in this church, men and women. It's a rescue mission. That's what the Firehouse Church is here for. That's what Christ Church is on the planet for before it goes down. And we just got to make sure we catch that. That's, we're going to use this building to help us complete the rescue mission. It's just a tool. It's just a place we're going to meet and equip people and send them out to, to rescue others. But we've got to catch it. Like that verse says again, rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Um, that's the wind part. The build part, you know, we all know this verse. If you've been around for a while, make disciples of all nations. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. Um, so we want to win people to Christ. And then we want to take those people who've been won to Christ and come to believe that Jesus died for them. We want to help them become disciples. Those who have loved God with all they've got. Those who uh, love God above all. Those who are laying down their lives to obey Him and get the word out about um, 
the situation we're each in here, but we want to build disciples here. What do we have here? We want to use the life-transforming truth of the Bible. Jeremiah 23:29 is one that we use as kind of the fire of the firehouse as well. God, the consuming fire, snatch people from the fire. And God Himself says, "Is not my word like fire?" declares the Lord, and like a hammer that shatters a rock. We're going to use God's word to transform lives, to make disciples. Because you can't do it with your own thoughts and opinions on life. Only God's Word can make a disciple. And that's done in the context of loving, committed relationships. We have loving relationships where people can help you. Here's what it says we should aim for, and I'm going to help you get there. You know, Jesus was full of grace and full of truth. And He said, here's what it's like to get to heaven. Impossible for you, but I'm going to help you get there. Full of truth and full of grace, and we're going to build disciples. And we're going to use this building to help. We're going to use this building to teach people, to train people, to equip people, to be disciples, and to reach the world. And that's the vision, the plans God has given us to use this location we're going to be working on. And you need to keep this in mind when you're working, when you're having a hard day putting insulation in, or putting drywall up or painting or the bathroom's not going like you want. You've got to keep in mind we're going to use this place as a part of the rescue mission, as a part of building disciples. The next one here we have. Um, so there's win the lost, build disciples. And this one uh, is send teams out to reach the world ultimately. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You know, we, um, we want to send teams out. Again, like I said earlier, Denver is not our final destination. It never has been. Our, our ultimate final destination is when we get to heaven. But along the way, we're to reach Jerusalem. We're to reach, you know, uh, Judea and Samaria is like the regional or national levels. And then to the ends of the earth, um, the rest of the world, you know. So we want to do all of the above. And our Jerusalem right now is Denver. Your Jerusalem is Denver. It's the Highland neighborhood. It's your office, your campus. It's Auraria campus. It's the Regency. We're reaching there for Jesus could have said, okay, you guys are all here in Jerusalem. Now get out of here and get to the world. He said, no, reach this place. And then the next place. And then the place after that. And that's what they did. Um, a few things to think about here in Jerusalem is, uh, you know, sometimes I don't know what resonates with you more. Like, hey, here, here I am in Denver. But boy, Isaiah said this, Lord, here I am. The Lord is looking for someone to send out. He said, here I am. Send me. And I think there's a tension in this one verse here uh, that you got to find out where you're at to make sure you've got a, uh, the right balance or perspective on it. But sometimes I bump into people that go, Send me, send me, I want out of here. I'm not here, I'm here half-heartedly, but I want to go. And if you send me, I'd be really full-hearted over there. I'd be really fully devoted. Baloney. If you're not passionate and wholehearted right where you are, what in the world thinks changing another cool, different culture, different language is going to make you more wholehearted? I bet you'd be even less. I bet you'd get more distracted. And you know, Isaiah said, here I am. Here I am. Right here, I am. All that I have is here. And now send me, if you want to send me. I'm going to make sure, I was talking to a good friend the other day that's a part of a different church. We were talking about this, and his heart is, send me, I want to go to the ends of the earth. And I said, can you say, here I am, Lord? Because I said, you know, you're heavy on the send me, your little light on the here I am right now, Lord. Um, and so we want to make sure here in Denver you are. We're relaunching. We are here uh, to, to reach this city. It's kind of like we're going to hit the reset button in some ways and go, we are a good-sized church plant team. 
and we're going to reach Denver and our neighborhood and Auraria and all these places and then we can go to all Judea and Samaria you know this is not our destination we want to reach this place but we want to send people out to, to reach Judea and Samaria which some of the names I'm going to throw out some names that we've talked about as pastors and Jeff and Brad may talk a little more about when we go but there's some places around here that we want to reach um, School of Minds is 25 minutes from here and there's a, a university there of, you know a lot of engineers and stuff there's a city there in Golden but we want to start doing some recon work and seeing sharing the gospel there um, West Western State. Anyone know where Western State is? It's Gunnison. Yeah, that's where uh, Sandra is uh, right now, who is from our church. She's doing school out there in Gunnison. It's a great, cool-looking city. In the summertime, the winters, it's probably really cold. But they got a campus there. Maybe we'll do some reconnaissance and see what the gospel does there. Laramie, Wyoming. Anyone want to go to Laramie? Uh, we, got a few. we could probably team up with the, the church coming out of Kansas City there. They have a church called the Cowboy Church. And maybe we could get them to team up to go to Laramie or to get Rory and, and maybe Rick and we'll get some some cattle uh, raising going on there too. But Bozeman has a school as well. We stopped through there, passed through there on the way back from Seattle. Seattle, as many of you know, on the mission trip there, there's a church there. There's so many people to reach. You know, they don't know what to do with themselves. There's campuses right next door to the church. They just don't have the labor to, to get to those campuses, which really are a landing ground for people coming from Asia, integrating into our country. We've got places we think God wants us to reach. Um, and then the last one here, you know, to the ends of the earth. And in some ways, we're going to be doing reconnaissance work starting this week. Well, you, most of you probably know it. We're sending a team of a half dozen from this church to go do recon work over there, landing in Hong Kong, going to the mainland, seeing what the gospel is doing there, what opportunities we have to, to be a part of that as a church. Some of you might have heard of a mega university that's across the harbor from Hong Kong on the mainland there. They only have one million students there. One million students at an island that's basically devoted to university life. Maybe some possibilities with the gospel down there, down the road. India, there's a crazy thing going on there all over the world, but it's a progression. You know, there's, we want to reach our Jerusalem. We want to win people here in Denver, and we want to build them into disciples that we can send out. We'll send out teams. And one of the things that I feel like I learned from the pastor's conference, here, this is one, maybe one of my closing thoughts here, is um, when we went to this pastor's conference, we looked at the history of how this movement of churches got started. And, you know, some of you might know there's some, some college-age kids, a lot of people maybe your age, working single, college-age, they hopped on a bus, and they were saying, let's just live out the New Testament. Let's read, starting with the book of Acts. And they saw, hey, people in the Acts, they went out, they started sharing the gospel, and so they hopped on a bus, you know, and, and it, they didn't come out of anywhere that was wild and crazy. I think they said they came out of a community college in Pueblo, Colorado. And they hopped on a bus, they bought a bus there, and they went to New Mexico and Texas. And eventually, you know, some of that made it up to uh, the Midwest and Kansas and Iowa. And things started that way. But one of the things I've noticed in maybe our thinking on sending out things, when you think of sending out, what do you, what do you think we're supposed to send out people to do? What do you think people are... We're sending teams out for what? Share the gospel. gospel. What's an easy thing to think we're sending teams out to do? Start a church. Let's send a team out and go start a church. 
that seems like a good idea. That's, you know, reasonable doctrine. It's better than sending a team out to, you know, go get drunk in Las Vegas, Nevada or something. But you know what they did in the book of Acts is they sent teams out to go share the gospel. And when people got saved, they decided, oh, there's people here. Maybe we should take care of them. And churches happened. When you preach the gospel in places, churches happen. Sometimes we go, hey, I think that'd be a good city. It'd be strategic. Let's go there. And eventually we might even preach the gospel. You know, I think God wants to get us back to our reconnaissance work is, let's go preach the gospel at Mines. Let's go preach the gospel at Auraria, in your workplace. We'll preach the gospel and see what happens. And maybe when it's done, some of the stories from the pastor's conference were, wow, 50 people got saved in that city. Boy, what should we do? Um, maybe a couple of us should move over there that led a lot of them to Christ. And so they moved, and there was a church. And I think God wants to get us back to the basics. If we get the good news out somewhere... See what happens. You know, a wild thing to think about happened in the book of Acts. There were places where the disciples went and tried to share the gospel. It wasn't received well. And they shook the dust off their feet and they left that city. You know, most of us are going, There are people God loved there and they left. I can't believe it. That's so unchristian. They were the first disciples. Go tell them. There were places that did not receive the gospel and they moved on. We think, I picked a city. I'm going to go to that city and get it done. I'm just suggesting maybe we get back to what they did then. We'll share the gospel. We'll send out teams to share the gospel. People get saved, we'll figure out who's got to go. You know, maybe we'll travel and someone drives out there on Saturday night and we do church here on Sunday morning. We'll figure it out, but eventually we might kick you out and say, hey, you go, you go there, Uh, you know. And we're going to be doing things, reconnaissance, I say, but it's really sharing the gospel with as a church. We'll be doing it as house churches. We'll be doing it as small groups. I want to make sure to remind everyone, we have house churches for the sake of organizationally and doing some things. A house church is not a church. We are one church. A house church is just the kind of way we we meet and gather together. Um, And so we need to make sure we work together as a whole. But there may be times where we go, hey, you guys head out Friday night to Laramie, come back Sunday morning and, and tell us what God has done. And if we need to send people back next week, we'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll pray about it. Um, but I think that's what God wants us to do. So in all of this, again, you know, we're going to be breaking ground on this warehouse. This warehouse, we're going to set it up for shop. It's going to be like a headquarters where we can do some of this. But the reality is we're just leasing the place. We're just putting what we pay in rent into this place and some fundraiser money that we've got. And, and we're just going to set up shop to use this place until God has something else for us. This is not our destination. And you might think about it if you're like, send me. You might think about staying for a little while and catching a heart to really be where you are. And if you've got a heart for you, you know where you are, you go, whatever you do, don't send me, Lord. You might think about being someone who's doing reconnaissance work with the gospel and, and thinking about other, other options that God might lead you into. But, you know, this is just what I wanted to share my heart with you all this morning. Brad and Jeff are going to share some things over the next several weeks as well. But um, we're going to be breaking ground on this warehouse only for the sake of fulfilling the Great Commission. That's our mission. It's a rescue mission. And our motivation is to love God with all we've got, to show the love of God to those who don't know Him, and to show the love of God to one another. That's our, our motivation is the love of God. But the mission is to reach the world with Christ in this generation. And so encourage you to reconsider hitting the reset button maybe in each one of our hearts and and getting back we're starting a church and we're going to start reaching right here where we've landed first and we'll go from there but I'm going to pray I'll give you instructions for heading over to the building here 
So Lord Jesus, we just uh, thank you for the great, awesome mission that you have given us, Lord. It's a worldwide rescue mission. Lord, there's so much we need to do along the way. You did say to care for the poor, to help out the hungry, but you never said that was the mission. You just said you give opportunities to us, Lord, help us to be faithful, to show your love. A God that never changes the mission of rescuing a lost world. God, I just pray you help us to remember this world is not going to make it. And, and let us help rescue the only thing that's going to make it from this planet and the souls of men and women. Oh Lord, I just pray you go before us even as we do this ceremony here and go before us as uh, we prepare to begin the work there. We just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, so we're going um, we're gonna to head over to the warehouse here. We're just asking you guys to, if you got kids, uh, take them with you. Um, they'll probably be here if you didn't take them with you, but uh, the Sunday school people won't be. So, uh, Take your kids with you over to the warehouse. Try to park in an orderly fashion. We'll stay off of people's lawns and try not to be too loud. Um, but we'll meet over there. And also, I've got a prayer list I want to pass out. There's a daily prayer list I want to give you guys. This is something that was also spurred on from the, the pastor's conference. We were, um, I was talking to Josh Whitney. He's bringing his house church out to serve us in August here. And Josh showed me his prayer list. He had a daily prayer list for three months laid out for this mission coming to visit us and he has our church on their prayer list much of them are every day praying for something related to us and that mission trip I was very convicted by it I thought we should do a daily prayer list some of these will be for an Asia trip coming up some will be for our church in general some will be for the mission trip when the Salt Lake City is coming out but there's a daily item to pray for and I just encourage you put it in your Bible you can fold it in half it's it's made very uh, symmetrically so uh, put it in your Bible take it with you and just remember to try to pray daily as you um, maybe have your uh, your quiet time or something like that but anyways uh, feel free to grab your kids maybe uh, you can caravan like condensing cars if you want to we'll come back here because we have to tear down things but you don't have to come back here if, if you've got everything you need but we'll head over to the warehouse and do a little gravel shoveling ceremony catch you over there in like five minutes ready